0: Wizards After Dark is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. So the Wizards, for example, have the Spurs on Wednesday. To get in the door at the lowest price possible and the best seats possible, you can check out GameTime. And it's not just sports, there's music, there's theater. If you love Bruce Springsteen, you can go find tickets for that. You can find shows, all that kind of stuff. The game time app is simple, it's quick, and it's easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Podcasting here in my living room, a crazy venue for a Wizards After Dark. I was not in Orlando with the team tonight. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for the Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I did not podcast after uh, the Wizards' third win of the season when they were in Minnesota over the weekend, but I'm podcasting here after the Orlando game. I'm fighting through a sore throat to do it. Uh, and on the Skype line, who already has permission to make fun of me if my voice cracks at any point in this podcast is Dave DeFore.
1: That's right. Uh second time on this very young season already. I, I love that you're 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 out of options or or out of uh creative ideas for people to come on the show. So, you know, coming back to the well so soon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's
1: exactly what this show yeah. is. I'm here to be the the Scotty Pippen to your Michael Jordan in your in your time of weakness. This this
0: this show could essentially just be
1: called out of creative options. (laughs) I mean, that would also kind of describe the Wizards. (laughs) At least
0: defensively, man. Good Lord. Like Offensively, they're good, but it's like, can we talk about Bradley Beal's defense for a second? There there are certainly positives to take away, but something we Mm got to talk about. Yeah. I think nationally, not everybody, but for the most part, Bradley Beal gets talked about as this all-around guy. Two-way guy, yeah. Two-way guy. He's a phenomenal offensive player. Yep. A phenomenal scorer. He's become an excellent distributor, a really good pick-and-roll guy. He's dyna- He's legitimately, like, he was a shooter when he came in. He is legitimately dynamic around the rim. This is yeah. two straight years now where he's shooting 70% at the rim. It's incredible. Yeah. Probably a top-20 player. Oh, I think for sure a top 20 player, but defensively, man, this is two straight years where his defense has taken a dive. And yes, he's taken a larger burden of the offense. And, and so there, are, there are effort mistakes. And I think those are a little bit more excusable, but there are just basketball geography mistakes that he makes. And he made a lot of them tonight, specifically when Vucevic was in the post and he was trying to dig down on, on Vucevic right. who had 30 and 17. And constantly he was getting caught. I mean, there was a time where his guy, I think it was guarding Fournier at the time, ends up getting a wide open corner three because Veal was, Veal was stunning onto Vucevic from the other side of the court. And it's like, that's not your job there. You don't need to do that. And that's not an effort thing. That's not a, he's, there's too much of a burden on him on offense, so he can't do it thing. He's actually putting an effort, he's just going to the wrong spot. And that kind of stuff, when you have Isaiah Thomas in your backcourt already, that's the reason why the two of them, when they play together, have a 120-something defensive rating.
1: Like, it's – that that's true. That's not hyperbole. That is literally the number. And that uh, doesn't factor in tonight where they got worked when they were on the court together. Yeah. I mean, it's – those problems are the ones that
0: shouldn't be happening with Bradley Beal in year eight, you know?
1: I wonder if these are mental mistakes coming from fatigue or if he's maybe feeling pressed to try to make a play. You know, I always try to think about, um, you know, myself in those situations or something like that. You know, like, all right, why is this guy who we know is not a basketball dummy? Why is he doing something that seems dumb? And usually I come back to, okay, he's trying to make a play. Um, and especially when you have a guy like Bradley Beal who, is on a bad team I, I wonder if there's some of that going on but you did you, you know you brought up his increased role in the offense I mean career high usage so far this year uh that could even go up you know um I so a little bit of defensive drop off seems like it, it it's kind of normal in these c- scenarios um but yeah what we're seeing out of him is I don't know. he's falling off a cliff, basically
0: yeah i mean i I think that's the really... worst defensive box plus minus of his career right now. that's crazy I mean I yeah you look at I think what you said is definitely true. It's trying to make a play it a lot of the mistakes are mistakes out of do somethingness right and for as much as bill talks about his teammates, he is by far the best player on this team, and he can be a good player, a good defensive player in moments especially on the ball off the ball is where he really gets rocked. And that's what we're talking about here off the ball stuff. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, you look at a play earlier today where he was not the only guy who made a mistake on this play, but, but, but Mo Bamba ends up getting a wide open layup off of a pick and roll. It's because Beal and Wagner just didn't kind of try to communicate and they tried to trap on the pick and roll. And, no, you know, Bertans didn't uh, didn't rotate over to the roll to the guy rolling, and, and he gets a wide open layup. There were about twelve different mistakes on that play, and that has been a theme with the Wizards' defense this year. And they gave up one twenty five again tonight in this loss. But that's kind of another mistake of I got to do something, and I think a lot of guys on this team, not just Beal, have that feeling of of like we're not doing anything defensively. So I've got to do something. And your heart is in the right place when you do that, I think. yeah. your mind tends to not be. Because the best defenses are the ones who say, we got to do something. And work something defensively as a team. Team defense is so much more important than
1: individual defense. Well, also, you break down the scheme, right? So, like, you've got to do your job. The NBA, the best defenses, having plus defenders is, is what creates an elite defense, but to, to just have a baseline good defense a good defense that you can be a 500 win team with let's say it takes every single person on the court doing their job covering their assignments helping the helper doing all the things that you know that everybody that watches basketball knows is good defense uh, the wizards don't have a single plus defender on the roster much less you know in their rotation um, they don't have a single guy that can help you know Raise the ships, and uh, when when you have a guy like Beal, kind of freelancing, everyone else has to try to cover for him. And this, you know, this is how you wind up giving up a bunch of open threes, which they did tonight. Yep, uh, uh, the tracking data yet, but it was a, it was a lot of open looks.
0: It was a lot of open looks. We can I allow the eye test on this podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not going to go by the Seth Partnow definition um and break out the tape measure but there was a lot of people that that were open NBA open um taking threes tonight. And, and I mean, they actually I think they got lucky a little bit uh Washington did that that this game didn't stay out of hand. I mean, the Wizards kind of got hot at the end, you know, Beal in particular and, and and made it a close game. Um but Orlando was just missing open shots, which, you know, it's kind of been an issue for them all year, even though their shooting starting to, you know, come back up to earth. Um, they. Uh, yeah, they just missed some open looks. This really should have probably been like a 10, 12 point loss.
0: Yeah. Well, Orlando, the Wizards were giving them open looks. Yeah. I mean, they were for the most part. They were just kind of saying, take your shots. And in some of those, that's that's. It, that's just fine. I mean, it's okay to say, okay, Markel Fultz, shoot it. He hits a couple of threes early in the game. It's okay to go under screens on some of the guys they went under screens on. I didn't necessarily okay. have much of a problem with that.
1: The, uh, so there's going under screens, and there's literally waving your arms at the guy. And like yes, I, know Markel Fultz, I know Markel Fultz can't shoot, okay? But the two threes he hit, the first one, Isaiah Thomas, was – Eight feet away, didn't even think about closing out. Literally threw his arms at him and turned around, and he made it. Okay, listen, I get it. He can't shoot, but there was no no nothing right. So bad shooters, if you pressure them, they're more likely to miss. It's good. It's a good thing to close out a little bit. The second three, uh, Beal got caught on a screen, and he just kind of you know waved. He didn't try to get around it, but you know that one was not not as egregious. The other one was just Isaiah Thomas wasn't guarding him. The Isaiah Thomas defense stuff. I mean hey, I mean it's Isaiah Thomas.
0: It's you gotta bake that in. <laughs> you gotta bake that in. But I'll tell you what, like, it's so far beyond size and movement stuff. It's so far beyond it. When you talk about Isaiah Thomas, even the most elite version of Isaiah Thomas, you know, there were problems with size. Never problems with mobility. Now, obviously, that's not the case. Now you add in the mobility stuff. But all of that aside, I mean, just not giving a crap on so many of these possessions just kills them. Like, there, I can name so many possessions that resemble what you just described about not bothering to close out.
1: Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's not there for that. (laughs) He's there to. I don't know, score thirteen points on thirteen shots. I guess I'm looking this up now.
0: Let's find this. I want to see what the Isaiah Thomas, uh, what the Isaiah Thomas defensive rating when he's on the floor is now because it's been outrageous all season and it's just yeah. been a crazy, crazy thing to follow. Hey, the number, the number on this has just been wild. So, so I'm calling this up. I want to know. Uh, Beal got super hot at the end of that game. Was hitting every single three. Yeah. Uh, On that last play, he had the layup. And he ends up passing, trying to kick to Isaiah Thomas on the left wing. Mm -hmm. Faults to flex it. Goes straight to the hoop. Bertans fouls him. And one. Basically put the game away. By the way, with uh, Isaiah Thomas off the floor, the Wizards have a 104.6
1: defensive rating, Which is pretty respectable. I'm not uh, looking. 104.6 uh, defensive rating would be good for 12th place in the league. Yeah, they respectable. They're currently 28th in the league.
0: When Isaiah Thomas is on the floor, they have a 124.4 defensive rating. That will do it. That will do it. That is yeah. outrageous. 124.4, which would be by far the worst defensive rating of all time.
1: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's not all bad news, actually, for the Wizards. And I told you, I kind of teased this to you a little bit uh, before we started. But their net rating is only, it's negative 1.9. So the Spurs are negative 1.7. The Nets are negative 1.7. Timberwolves, negative 1.7. The Pistons, much worse, negative 3.5. The Kings, negative 3.7. The Hornets, who have been really frisky, negative negative six or 5.7. The Grizzlies, negative 7.4. So they're kind of in the middle of the pack range in that negative 1.9. They just, you know, they've lost some closer games like, like this game tonight. And, and, you know, so they're not as awful as the record looks. They're more like, I think they're like a bounce or two away from 500 is basically what I'm getting at. They, they're not good. They're good offensively. Yeah, they are. They actually are. They're Thomas legitimately good offensively. Yeah. What do you think of Thomas Bryant's shot selection? Um, you know, not the greatest, but he's got to get them up. so who else is gonna, he's on the Flyers. You know, in in the in the building. He's got to shoot. <laughs> they're by That's the way true. fourth right now in
0: offensive efficiency. points per 100 possessions, which is really excellent. By the way, they are are 0.3 points per 100 away from number one in the NBA. The Celtics are at 112. They're at 111.7. They have a good offensive performance against the Spurs on Wednesday. They could have the number one offense in the NBA.
1: Yeah, and led by Bradley Beal and a bunch of, you know, nobodies. Literally. I mean— you know, t- uh, tonight, like, C.J. Miles, 21 points. Like, they're getting, they're getting buckets, but they can't get stops at all. Can we talk about Mo Wagner? We've talked all about right, some yes. negatives. All Let's right.
0: talk about positives. Let's talk about Mo Wagner, this absolute freaking maniac, who <laughs> who is averaging 25 and 12 per 36 now, was the first bench player in 17 years to go for 30 and 15 over the weekend against Minnesota off the bench. The first player in NBA history to go for 30 and 15 and make four threes. The first player to go for 30 and 15 in 26 or fewer minutes since 1967. Just, just incredible. You know what, Dave? Before we talk those about, minutes. before They're we talk about, before we talk about Wagner, yeah, can we talk about Stock X? Yes. Which is this awesome thing. So if you ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves, the answer is StockX. It's a revolutionary... Sneaker
1: app is always sold out.
0: A sneaker app, which is which I hear is great for getting sneakers. And is a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Uh, so millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Palace, and Kith, and looking at the Air Jordan 1 fearless UNC Chicago to your rotation, or maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Air Max 95s. You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes even for prices lower than in retail. You a
1: sneaker guy? Yeah, I like shoes, man. I actually, um, the other day was on StockX because I'm thinking about buying those Bape Dame 4s, the ones that are like the camo that look like a fighter jet. Yeah, I'm mean, You can't find them anywhere else, but they're on StockX. Th- that's great. That's literally what it's for, right? That's right. Yeah, it's fantastic. I go in there all the time. Yeah, it allows users
0: to buy and sell pre-owned, excellent condition, luxury handbags, watches. So you can get stuff other than sneakers there. Brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, Rolex, so much more than that. Uh, so if you want in on the hype, you can check out StockX.com slash bball. Again, that's StockX.com slash BBALL for a surprise offer. It's not going to be around long. That's StockX.com slash B ball. Check it out today. Let's check out Mo Wagner right now. So Wagner tonight had 12 and three, such a disappointing 12 and three. Only took, (laughs) only took one charge for the league leader in charge, the new Ersan Ilyasova. I can't wait till they play the Bucks. So you get Wagner and Ilyasova hitting each other and bouncing in opposite directions. Eighteen feet charges. Exactly. Nightmare. Eighteen feet each way.
1: I think Mo Wagner is legitimately good. Um Yeah, he might be. He's at least a very, very good backup, right? If nothing else. Uh they're winning minutes with him on the court, which is huge because this team doesn't have a lot of bodies. Um he, I mean, his per thirty six numbers. You, you actually turned me on to that. And his per thirty six is at twenty five, twenty five points, eleven and a half rebounds, two blocks, um, while shooting 63, 48, and eighty one from the you know field, three point, and free throw, which is pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I think Mo was good. Mo Wagner, not Mo DeKeele. Moe De is bad. <laughs> leads the league in true shooting percentage.
0: I believe he leads the league in two-point percentage. If he doesn't, he's very close. He's shooting 70% on twos, which is outrageous. Wow. Yeah, that's like Brandon Clark level. It's outrageous. He's shooting 70% on twos, and he's still shooting 40-something percent from three. I mean, what's going on with Mo Wagner right now is ridiculous. How much of this is beating up on backups? Uh, A decent amount, but I'll tell you what. The thing that is really impressive with him, to me, he has great offensive feel. He He is at his best when a play totally breaks down and he has to find space. There was a play on Saturday against Minnesota, where he went to the line to shoot free throws, missed both free throws, missed the second one, forget who got the rebound, but the Wizards got the offensive rebound. As soon as he missed it, he noticed that everyone from Minnesota was just kind of lingering into the paint. And immediately upon it hitting the rim, he crashed to the left corner. Wizards got the offensive rebound. They kicked to him, open corner three, and he nailed it. Things like that. He's so good at finding space. I think he has wonderful, wonderful feel. I think he's a great cutter. Showed that off on a couple of plays tonight. I think part of the reason why he's been really good as a pick-and-roll guy is because of that ability to find space and, and kind of open lanes within a defense. I think that's a legitimate thing, and that's a lot easier to do against backups mm-hmm. because backups are not as good defenders, and... Often, it's kind of a mishmash crew of, all right, tonight, here's our reserves, and tomorrow, here's our reserves, and that kind of stuff. When starters are more consistent and less matchup-based and all that kind of stuff, that makes it easier. But I think that's a transferable thing no matter where you're playing, because no matter what you're doing, you want smart people that are good at finding stuff. His shot selection is excellent. He's a good shooter. He's taking one mid-range shot. Everything is threes and at the rim. That's part of why he leads the league in two-point percentage he could probably justify taking at least more mid-range shots because he's a good shooter. Doesn't right. do it. His shot selection has been superb. I think all that feel stuff is,
1: I think that's real. I'm buying into that. I mean, they're, they're almost 30 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court. That's outrageous. its It's nuts. Uh, so I guess the question is, if you're if you were coaching this team, right? At what point do you just say, "Hey, we got to start throwing our best players on the court"? Well, it's and, hard because it's you can because look. It, I don't think Thomas Bryant's been bad. You can look.
0: Here's the thing: you can look at the per thirty six with Wagner. Uh huh. But guess what? You know what number in per thirty six is really important?
1: Eight fouls per thirty six.
0: So he's not playing thirty six. Right. He's gonna play 24. He's fouled out by the time he gets the twenty eight.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's a thing. People freak out about the
1: charges. People are so excited about on Wizard's Twitter. Hold like, on. Wait a second. Who's excited about charges? <laughs> I don't know, Candace Buckner aside from getting rid of them. Candace Buckner just wrote a, a
0: really good article about Wagner being, you know, an elite charge charge taker. And Wizards Twitter gets all excited whenever he has a charge. Myself included, because it's hilarious. It's a hilarious thing that he's constantly taking charges. But we have to point out, this is not good defense. No. Because get a lot of blocking fouls. It is the equivalent of if he were exclusively taking charges and not fouling a lot, then I'd be like, okay, it's a nice way to to kind of def- make up for the fact that he's not an elite rim protector. Sure. But here's the thing. This is the equivalent. take Mo Wagner, with the way that he defends, fouling literally as much as anybody else in the league, and every once in a while, maybe once again taking a charge, is the equivalent of if Mo, let's just say Mo Wagner, six times a game, chucked up a half-court shot with 14 seconds left on the shot clock, right? And just Mm -hmm. chucked up a half-court shot. And one time a game, he made that shot. And everyone being like, you know, Mo Wagner makes so many half-court shots. This is insane. (laughs) More than anyone else in the league. It's like, yeah, well, there's a reason people aren't chucking up six half-court shots a game.
1: Right. It's like the Harden step back, actually.
0: Sure. And so it's not good defense. If the, if you are taking one charge a game, that's a great number. That's awesome. But if that same defensive process that leads you to take one charge a game is also leading you to four fouls a game and you know, three of those are blocking fouls on the same thing, you're putting guys to the line. You're getting yourself maybe one more extra defensive stop, but you're also putting guys to the line for six more free throws. And that ratio does not pan out as being helpful to your team. And I know that's something that Wagner is working on with the team a lot. But we
1: have to frame it that way when we talk about the Wagner defense stuff. Yeah. Who inspired him to do this? Like, Where did this come from? Because he didn't do this last year. I mean, he didn't play a lot last year, but still. I mean, where where did this come from? I'm not sure. His foul rate has, has doubled, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not totally
0: sure. I mean, Scott Brooks' whole thing is he wants guys playing with crazy energy. And look, I'm willing to believe that Mo Wagner playing like this makes him better in ways that don't show up in the actual fouls. You know what I mean? Okay. Sometimes, like, I'm willing to believe that Mo Wagner playing like a maniac allows him to to have that mentality carries over to every other part of the game. There are players like that. I'm sure the reason that Patrick Beverly plays the way that he does is because it helps him in ways that aren't just, like, defending on the ball, you know? Right. Because he feels like he has to play
1: with a chip on his shoulder. And you know what? I haven't
0: asked Mo Wagner. That's a really good question. Like, where is this coming from?
1: I, I think I might have just given you your next
0: piece for The Athletic. You very well might have. It's a, it's a, It's a really good question. Where
1: is this coming from? Why is he all of a sudden... Like was this. he challenged to you know like hey you know what you suck at defense we're gonna challenge you to draw one charge every game you know yeah maybe uh and
0: and look the energy that he's playing with it's it's another thing where like it's all coming from a good place yeah absolutely I mean he's it's not like he's not trying hard oh yeah he's trying he tries so hard and in a lot of places look. This The charge stuff, this is nitpicky. He has been a good player. If he does this yeah, for the full year, if he does this for the full year, it's really hard to win six man when you're only playing 18 and a half minutes. But if he does this for the full year and he could end up getting up his minutes to 20 to a game, we're talking about a six man possibility. I mean, then we're talking about unbelievable per 36 numbers, leading the league in, in multiple efficiency stats. Like we're talking about being on six man ballots—that's how good he's been. Yeah, he I mean, he's probably going to
1: get got to get that scoring up, which that would come with increased minutes. But you know, um, thirteen he, a game probably is not going to get it done, just because you are going to have guys that you know just come off the bench and purely score.
0: No, but that's why I talk about you know the that's why I talk about the increased minutes, right? Uh, you know, if he if he if he can play twenty three, and look, it's not just the foul stuff if if he can play 23 a game which i don't know how it's an interesting situation cuz it's not like thomas bryant is this finished product 22 years old they're both the same age they they're they're two guys who the wizards are trying to develop i don't know how you necessarily handle it if you think that they're both even they could just yeah. continue to start Bryant, who they just gave a twenty-five million dollar contract to. They could just continue to start Bryant and decide, let's see who's playing better tonight, and roll with that guy to close games. That wouldn't be an unheard of thing to do,
1: but but that I mean, or maybe even do some matchup based lineup adjustments. For hey, sure, we, we like how Mo matches up, you know, with this guy better than we like, you know, and vice versa. But I, I doubt that's going to happen.
0: I think it depends on how well Mo plays. I think it. I think it all depends. They they have a lot of similarities in some ways. In that they're was both that f- from like a personality standpoint. You know. Yeah. They have a lot of. You know, we get to watch the ends of some
1: practices,
0: and when they guard each other in scrimmages, it's hilarious.
1: It's so. Does fun. Thomas Bryant also try to draw charges? In no. practice. Uh, no. But Thomas be Bryant the ultimate troll move.
0: <laughs> that'd be great. But but Thomas Bryant is always flailing on offense and Wagner is always flailing on defense. And they are both so chippy when they play basketball. I think they get along great. I actually think they have a really good relationship. But there was a play in a scrimmage they were doing the other day where Thomas Bryant went up on Wagner and Wagner kind of slid under him trying to take a charge and Thomas In Bryant. Practice? Oh yeah. He's he's they're both maniacs and they both respect it. And so, and so Thomas Bryant is trying to kind of draw an offensive foul and Bryant goes flying and Wagner goes flying and they were both screaming, not at anybody Just screaming into the void after it because Brian thought he got fouled and Wagner thought he drew a foul. And they just both looked like absolute crazy people. And it was, and meanwhile, the coaching
1: staff is probably laughing.
0: Coaching staff was up. Yeah. I mean, the coaching staff is just standing there watching the whole thing. I'm sure they love it. These these dudes practicing insanely hard, taking so much pride in one bucket in a practice. I'm sure the coaching staff loves it. Watching the two of them go up against each other in those scrimmages and have to guard each other is a hilarious thing. And that's what I mean when I say like they have a lot of personality similarities, uh, but their games are different.
1: Their yeah. games are different. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but that man, when you get that much shooting and your offense is the only hope you have for winning games. Uh I just don't see how you can only play this guy 18 minutes a night. Also, so do you get a lot of Davis Bertans Mo Wagner pick and rolls or was that just a weird play tonight? No, that's a thing. <laughs> okay, it was okay, I was just checking. I was like, this is interesting. That's a thing. Uh, Matt uh, Moore was ball even hander? Matt Moore was even tweeting about it the other day. I missed that. The, the Wizards are now they're – they're on my list of teams that I just catch when I'm catching another team. Like we're already there because we're at game 10. Um, they were there I think after game three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I knew what they were going to be. I Actually, I did not know the offense was going to be this good. But I knew they were going to just be so awful defensively that, that they weren't going to be able to make up for it. They are kind of fun. They are. No, no. So I actually – I said this, I think, to you uh, after they played here in San Antonio. And uh, I was just like, God, these guys are – Scotty Brooks has these guys playing so hard. It's full effort for 48 minutes. Like nobody's taking any plays off, uh, which is fantastic. They're easy to root for because, I mean, they are like scrappy. They're just not good.
0: Yeah. Look, so much of – the way we talk about defense is just like we talk about defense in such a simplistic way. Yes. Yes. 100%. It's just about effort and know how and desire. No, no it's, it's not. Skill. It's about skill and intelligence and physical ability. And yeah, you got to play hard. Guess what? You got to play hard on offense too. You think yeah. James J- Harden doesn't play hard on offense? How about, I mean, JJ Reddick, right? Yeah, literally anyone who is good at offense probably plays hard on offense. Just like anyone who is good at defense probably plays hard at defense. It's it's just it's a thing that we've always told each uh, ourselves. It's you just got to play hard. Rebounding is just about wanting it more. No it's not. <laughs> rebounding yeah. is about who's taller and can jump
1: higher and has right. good box out skills and, and, oh, and strong lower mention, body strength. Good rebounding instincts. Yes. Look at DeJounte Murray. Look at Russell Westbrook.
0: Something that yeah. Billy Donovan taught me when I was covering the Thunder was, uh, I was talking to him about the Westbrook stat batting stuff. Yeah. One thing that he did point out to me is he said, one of the reasons, and, and, and obviously Billy is gonna stand harder for Russell. He's his coach. Of course. But this was true. And it's something I really noticed after he mentioned it to me. One of the reasons why Russell gets as many uncontested rebounds as he does, of course, he stands around the paint waiting for rebounds. But even if you take away like two of those, he's still a point guard who's getting eight or nine rebounds right, a game, right. which is outrageous for a six-three, legitimately, you know, natural point guard. And he said one of the reasons why he gets as many uncontested rebounds as he does is because he's the best player that he's ever seen. And noticing off a shooter's hands where on the rim the ball is going to hit, and then go right. into that spot. And that was
1: Rodman's thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so and you watch Westbrook, and when a shot goes up, Westbrook just goes to the spot where it's going to ricochet, and it's crazy. He really is unbelievable at that, and that's not a thing you can teach someone. It's just just natural instinct to the game that you
1: just either have it or you don't. You know who's really good at that? Troy Brown is really good at that. It's also it's really hard to have Stephen Adams boxing out for you like that. Yeah, Troy. Sorry, I could not make a, a rest. Of it. <laughs> um, yeah, Troy, Troy Brown's been really good at that too. I, I see it. Um, I, I like you know I like when you see these guys get a little bit of leeway offensive rebounding you know um and, and you know the guys that are like okay the coaching staff clearly trust this guy's this guy to pick his spots when he's gonna go try to get some right to, seems like one of those guys anything you want to address or plug before we uh wrap up no i, th- I think it's almost impossible these days to not run into me uh <laughs> if you listen to any podcast um I'm basically on all of them i think that like uh apple has forced any new podcast to sign an agreement that i'm going to be on the show at some point so dave
0: dave does dave does nerder dave does basketball buds
1: dave does a million of the pods that we have at the athletic yep the daily ding which is you know fantastic it's sort of like thunder after dark when when fred does the the post-game shows but or, we do or wizards after dark my friend dark. god thunder after dark did i really do that well thunder after dark was my old podcast i know i know that's uh, literally in my head it, this is still thunder after dark it's just about <laughs> the wizards <laughs> that's basically what it is yeah yeah um, wizards after dark you can you can edit this uh you can, or don't no no i'm just leaving, no, it, I'm it, leaving it. it i'm gonna embarrass i'm a human you. being i'm a human being i'm allowed to make mistakes uh Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's like a post game for, but for the morning. So we try to get it like 20, 20 minutes or so and, uh, make it nice and easy so you can catch up on stuff on your commute. And, uh, it's always a fun show. Great. And, uh,
0: subscribe. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts Leave a uh, leave a review, which is always helpful. Give us five stars. This is obviously a free episode. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. Maybe you're listening on the Athletic app. Uh, if you're listening on your podcast app, on then uh, you might not be a subscriber to the Athletic. In my opinion, it is very much worth being a subscriber to the Athletic. If you want to subscribe and get the bonus episodes that I've been doing over there, then you can, and you can do it for a discount. Go to theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark, theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark, sign up there, get 40% off an annual subscription. I believe that'll take you down to $36 for the full year. You don't just get a Wizards After Dark subscription for that. You get your full athletic subscription. You can read my stuff, read Michael Lee, read David Aldridge, read Ben Standig, read read our NFL coverage, read our Nationals coverage, MLB, NHL, Everything. Anything you need, anything that's on The Athletic, you get it with that. Theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark for 40% off an annual subscription. Uh, That is it, I think. I think I have nothing else. Listen to Dave's stuff. I'll have a story up on Monday. I'll have a story up again, probably on Mo Wagner later in the week. I'll be back on Wednesday. They play... The Spurs, I guess it'll be up Thursday morning. I'm recording a post-game show. That's going to be subscription only, only on The Athletic. So if you want to listen to that, again, theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark for 40% off an annual subscription. Dave, appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, always great having you on. We'll uh, we'll mm-hmm. do it again. I'm positive. I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive. <certain> we will. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you guys soon.